This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. The Radicals' Education Plan. Racism, Paganism, and Home Invasion. Americans' public school system was created in the 1830s. The goal was to produce good citizens. Private and parochial schools were established with many of the same goals. The idea was simple. If this is going to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, then the people need to be educated. Education is supposed to equip students with basic skills and teach them how to grapple with problems. The goal was that all children should grow up to be able to support themselves and fulfill their duties as citizens of their states and nation. Catholic schools added the idea that children should learn the basics of faith. Unfortunately, modern schools, public, private, and parochial, are falling under the control of radicals. Their goal is to replace education with indoctrination. This episode of the Return to Order Moment will look at three issues in modern schools. The first issue is a horrifying idea called critical race theory. The central idea behind critical race theory is that white people are oppressors and all others are oppressed. Mr. Edwin Benson's essay, These New Words in Education Are Mangling Students' Minds, describes this idea and its consequences. While the situation described here is happening in the state of Illinois, it is all too typical of many schools nationwide. How and when did critical race theory come to dominate so much of American education? The short answer is that it came under the guise of words that most people think they understand and favor. These words are later used against parents and children. An example of the stealth infiltration of words is Illinois, which is one state that would have a conservative majority were it not for the big city liberal bastion of Chicago. Like so many state bureaucracies, the Illinois State Board of Education, ISBE, is overwhelmingly leftist. The ISBE promoted programs with seemingly innocuous language that later gave rise to new and very radical standards for civic education. On February 25th, 2021, the ISBE adopted the Illinois Culturally Responsive Teaching and Learning Standards. Most Illinois students have probably not read it, and for good reason. If published as a book, the standards would not be a page-turner. A half-dozen quotations plucked from the standards should suffice to show that it is a dangerously leftist document. These quotes define the ideal teacher. Quote, the culturally responsive teacher and leader will explore their own intersecting identities, how they were developed, and how they impact daily experience of the world. Quote, the culturally responsive teacher and leader will assess how their biases and perceptions affect their teaching practice and how they access tools to mitigate their own behavior, Racism, sexism, homophobia, unearned privilege, Eurocentrism, etc. Quote, Culturally responsive teachers and leaders understand that there are systems in our society that create and reinforce inequities, thereby creating oppressive conditions. Quote, 
The culturally responsive teacher and leader will be aware of the effects of power and privilege and the need for social advocacy and social action to better empower diverse students and communities. Quote, the culturally responsive teacher and leader will know and understand how a system of inequity creates rules regarding student punishment that negatively impacts students of color. And finally, quote, the culturally responsive teacher and leader will hold high expectations in which all students can participate and lead as student advocates or activists, unquote. Thus, only those who believe in relativism, critical race theory, and intersectionality are qualified to teach in the state of Illinois. These teachers must impose these tenets on their students. Teachers are considered successful when they turn students into leftist quote-unquote social justice warriors. The origin of these radical standards comes from a 2015 Illinois civic education law. A little-known document titled, Implementation in Illinois, What States Can Learn from How Illinois Implemented Its 2015 Civic Education Law, tells the story behind the law in glowing terms. It comes from a group called CivX Now and is funded by the Robert R. McCormick Foundation. Incidentally, Colonel Robert R. McCormick, 1880-1955, would probably disapprove of how his money is now spent. He was the Chicago Tribune publisher when it was one of the nation's most conservative newspapers. His favorite target was his liberal nemesis, Franklin D. Roosevelt. According to Implementation in Illinois, the 2015 Civic Education Law had four quote-unquote areas of concentration. One, direct instruction on civics and government. Two, simulation that teachers could use to show how democratic processes and practices work. Three, support for teachers to help them understand how to design and implement service learning programs that both give students a chance to apply what they learn by taking it out into the real world and linking these actions with formal curriculum and classroom instruction, and four, guidance on how to incorporate and lead discussion of controversial topics to help build critical thinking skills. The listed goals are not intentionally threatening. Indeed, those who crafted the document used a series of talismanic words to mask their real intentions. In his masterful work, Inadvertent Ideological Transshipment and Dialogue, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira explained the use of these deliberately misleading terms. Quote, It is a word whose legitimate meaning is congenial and at times even noble, but it is also a word that has some elasticity. When it is used tendentiously, it begins to shine with a new radiance, fascinating the patient and taking him much further than he could have imagined. The talismanic words correspond to what the media generally considers modern, pleasant, and attractive. Thus, the lecturers, speakers, or writers who use these words do so for the sole reason of seeing their chances of a good reception in the press, radio, or television considerably enhanced.
For this reason, the person listening to the radio or television or reading the newspaper will find these words used everywhere in every possible way with growing repercussion in his soul. Unquote. For example, consider the word civics. It typically was employed to define the mechanics of government, lawmaking, and citizen duties. The left saw fit to expand upon this concept. Radicals hate definitions. Definitions set limits, and the radicals want the maximum possible level of flexibility. Implementation in Illinois never actually defines civics. However, it frequently refers to another report, the Civic Mission of Schools, funded by the Carnegie Commission. In place of a definition, Civic Mission lists four traits of quote-unquote competent and responsible citizenship. Thus, 1. Responsible citizens have an understanding and awareness of public and community issues and have the ability to think critically and enter into dialogue among others with different perspectives. 2. Responsible citizens participate in their communities. 3. Responsible citizens act politically, such as group problem-solving, public speaking, petitioning and protesting, and voting. 4. Responsible citizens have moral and civic virtues, such as concern for the rights and welfare of others, and belief in the capacity to make a difference. Unquote. This description is replete with talismanic words. These terms can be expanded to include more recent activities and ideas. Quote-unquote critical thinking means agreeing with critical race theory. Public protests and campaigns for leftist courses of action are the preferred methods of quote-unquote participation. Taking up the causes of the oppressed is the way to advance quote the rights and welfare of others, unquote. The difference is the accomplishment of radical goals. This form of civic instruction is not about information. It seeks to train activists. According to the civic mission authors, the schools are the best place for this civics training since, quote, all young people, including those who are usually marginalized, should be knowledgeable, engaged in their communities and in politics, and committed to the public good. Armed with expanding definitions of words and concepts, the education establishment has become the most socialist aspect of American life. Harmful ideas like critical race theory flourish in socialist environments. It provides cover for nameless bureaucrats to focus on winning the praise of their colleagues and superiors, all of whom graduated from increasingly radical education schools. In the current environment, being quote-unquote anti-racist after the manner of Ibram X. Kendi wins instant acclaim. Only a diligent public can defeat the leftists that find cozy niches in the education bureaucracy. Another horrible idea has been infecting schools for more than 30 years. It is known as multiculturalism. This philosophy proclaims that all human cultures are equally good, 
When this is combined with critical race theory, it teaches students that Western Christian culture is oppressive and that all other cultures are repressed. As to be expected, California takes multiculturalism to the extreme. Their new ethnic studies curriculum includes elements that peddle pagan religions to their children. Mr. Benson exposes this amazing situation in his essay, Why Public School Students Sing Religious Chants to Aztec Gods. For five years, California has been constructing a new ethnic studies curriculum. Leftists in the schools have long used such programs for training young, quote-unquote, social justice warriors. For generations, they cloaked these efforts behind catchphrases like fighting censorship, academic freedom, and the grandfather of them all, separation of church and state. This new curriculum hides less and makes its case more openly. Troy Thurmond, California's superintendent of public instruction, stated the rationale for the ethnic studies course. Quote, Our schools have not always been a place where students can gain a full understanding of the contributions of people of color and the many ways throughout history and present day that our country has exploited, marginalized, and oppressed them. At a time when people across the nation are calling for a fairer, more just society, we must empower and equip students and educators to have these courageous conversations in the classroom. Unquote. The California Assembly passed the Ethnic Studies Mandate in 2016. The State Board of Education approved guidelines for the new course in July 2018. Since then, they have rejected three earlier drafts. The fourth draft was released on March 18, 2021. People outside the realm of education seldom read such documents. Their writers use a dense prose, sometimes called educationese, that renders them laborious reading. However, traditionalists need to follow these deliberations closely. The liberal state of education in California is a bellwether for the rest of the nation. When such dense documents propose that students sing Aztec chants, parents need to be vigilant. Such requirements are not immediately apparent. For the most part, the 2018 approved set of guidelines consists of boilerplate language. There is the usual warning to quote-unquote include accurate information and align to previously set state standards. However, the general principles section contains key phrases that reveal the leftist slant of those who framed the document. Quote, Promote the values of civic engagement and civic responsibility, unquote. Civic engagement has become a catchphrase for leftist educators. Engagement means street-level agitation. Likewise, responsibility means that students will take all possible opportunities for such action. Quote, promote self and collective empowerment, unquote. Pretend that the word self is not here. The left is not interested in encouraging independent thought. Individualists might see flaws in progressive platitudes. The key term here is collective empowerment. The left needs foot soldiers that they can divide according to, quote, ethnicity, gender, and sexual preference, unquote. 
The precise cause is unimportant. The movement has few definable goals other than a vague sense of quote-unquote social justice. They want to promote confusion and discord in a spirit of revolution. Quote, promote critical thinking and rigorous analysis of history and systems of oppression, unquote. Critical thinking is another educational buzz phrase that comes from the 60s motto, Question Authority. Modern leftists call any system that creates rules and order a quote-unquote system of oppression. That thinking developed into critical race theory, which is expressed in the New York Times 1619 project. The guidelines start to get close to Aztec culture with the curious instruction to, quote, include information on the ethnic studies movement, specifically the Third World Liberation Front, unquote. The TWLF came out of the California University system in 1969 and has strong connections to other radical groups. The socialist worker describes it approvingly, quote, the TWLF was a coalition of student organizations of color. In many ways, it was formed by the Black Student Union, but it also included a Latina Studies Organization, LASO, a Mexican-American Student Organization, MASC, the Filipino Organization called PACE, and the Intercollegiate Chinese for Social Action, ICSA. It is no coincidence that they called themselves the TWLF, like the National Liberation Front in Vietnam. They were internationalists, not necessarily Marxist, but internationalist, unquote. One TWLF demand was that the state would create a quote-unquote third world college with a curriculum designed for quote-unquote people of color. This became the basis of the first Black Studies program and a model for other ethnic group-centered departments in the nation's universities. One key goal of TWLF-style ethnic studies is quote-unquote decolonized learning. The woke definition of decolonization does not harken back to the 50s and 60s when 19th century empires got rid of colonies as fast as they could. Today, the left uses the word in a new context. Self-proclaimed black queer arts and culture writer, Jamera Wakefield, connects decolonization to several other leftist dreams and nightmares in a Daily Kos article. Quote, For me, reparations would include decolonizing the American college industrial complex meaning indigenous land acknowledgement, the abolition of institutional power, and the abolition of tuition. This can only happen through decolonization-centered movements led by coalitions of artists, organizers, students, and all people impacted presently and historically by violence at the hands of universities. After all, colonial colleges were key players in the domestic terrorism of colonial settlerism and active white supremacist participants in sustaining the transatlantic slave trade. Unquote. 
The newly released fourth draft of the curriculum provides essential clues to decolonized public schools content. Lesson resources includes activities that, quote, allow students to share information about their identities, families, interests, and backgrounds. By incorporating these types of activities into lessons, students will gain a deeper understanding and appreciation of their peers and educators, better connect and identify with ethnic studies content, and work to build a safe classroom environment that is grounded in collaboration, compassion, empathy, and vulnerability, unquote. Most of those resources are lists of shop-worn classroom techniques and websites on which teachers can find materials. Many of the websites come from ethnically-oriented museums and leftist organizations like the Southern Poverty Law Center's Teaching Tolerance Project. At the same time, there is a section called Affirmations, Chants, and Energizers. Its purpose is to, quote, Build unity around ethnic studies, principles, and values. Unquote. One of these chants is in Lock Ek. It allegedly comes, quote unquote, from the Mayan tradition. The words themselves supposedly mean, You are my other me, and they aim to engender, quote, love, unity, and mutual respect. Unquote. It, quote, relates to our habit of mind, empathy, and also compassion, interdependence, ecology, love, and mutual respect, unquote. The chant includes three Aztec gods' names, the feathered serpent Quetzalcoatl, the battle-robed life-death rebirth god Zipetotec, and Texcatlipoca, associated with, among other things, enmity, discord, and rulership. The Aztecs and Mayans once occupied much of present-day Mexico. Both societies were patriarchal. Ninety percent of both groups were commoners, who lived under the absolute rule of a chief who was also a religious leader. The other 10% were vicious warriors and enslaved those they captured, except those they sacrificed in gruesome rituals. The Aztecs took human sacrifice to an unprecedented level, once sacrificing over 80,000 prisoners over four days in 1487, five years before Columbus landed in America. They also practiced cannibalism. The woke world considers everything that smacks of Christian and Western civilization to be a product of overarching racism and oppression. Every other quote-unquote truth is relative to this false doctrine. Thus, they are willing to excuse gross cruelty on the part of Aztecs and Mayans because those cultures opposed the quote-unquote colonizers who freed them from the religious gruesome practices of mass human sacrifice and cannibalism. Simultaneously, Christian missionaries are depicted as tyrants who tried to quote, impose an alien religion, unquote, even if one of that religion's central tenets is the dignity of all people under the universal fatherhood of a loving God. 
The Mexican natives enthusiastically embraced that faith under the loving gaze of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Students should not be forced to sing chants to bloodthirsty gods. Americans cannot stand idly by while self-appointed social justice warriors undo Our Lady's miraculous work. One goal of many in the schools is to overcome the influence of students' parents. They see themselves as, quote-unquote, wise people who will cleanse children of their parents' racism, sexism, and other forms of, quote-unquote, bigotry. So-called distance education has limited their ability to accomplish this goal. Bringing lessons into the home exposes teachers to the parents' scrutiny in a way never seen before. At the same time, it also brings the teacher into the home in an unprecedented way. Some teachers in schools try to use this power to restrain constitutional freedoms within the home. Mr. Benson highlights this attempt in his essay, Scandal, School Officials Now Controlling Students' Homes. Imagine if a neighbor, co-worker, or salesperson shows up at your home. You reluctantly let them in, and they instantly start criticizing your home's decoration and cleanliness. You are well within your rights to ask that person to leave. If they refuse, you could then call in the authorities. Law, custom, and manners are all on your side. For the last year, many parents have put up with an unwanted set of guests. Many children's computers have become part of the educational absurdity known as remote or distance learning. The teacher and other class members are the uninvited guests, able to see and hear everything happening within camera and microphone range. According to Education Next, three students face punishment for offenses due to these unwanted visitations. Inside a period of 10 days, Cole Mayer of Columbia, Illinois, was suspended because his teacher saw a gun on his bed during a virtual learning session. Kamari Harrison of Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, was suspended for six days for a similar infraction. Anthony Ribeiro was removed from his Toms River, New Jersey high school chemistry class because his teacher saw a sign supporting President Trump. Modern education theory routinely discourages suspensions and expulsions in all but the most extreme cases. Yet all three students described above were suspended or removed under trivial circumstances. Online education privacy started to become a concern when most of the nation's schools adopted some variation of distance learning. Joseph Duball of the International Association of Privacy Professionals briefly described his organization's concerns. Quote, among the privacy programs that come with online learning tech are the collection and potential use of students' personal information, as well as employing products or platforms that are not designed for children. Such issues can bring violations of the U.S. Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, and state-specific children's privacy laws, unquote. The privacy issue exploded in March 2020, when schools abruptly shifted from in-class to online instruction. Most parents received no information about preparing an appropriate learning space. 
administrators had to keep up with too many demands suddenly placed upon them to know how to deal with these issues. However, the confusion should argue in the student's favor when situations like those described above occur. Indeed, no law or custom authorizes student administrators to regulate what students can have in their bedrooms. All of these homes were, and remain, private property. No one argues that students cannot have political bumper stickers on their cars parked at school. Students also commonly apply such stickers to backpacks and notebooks. Students are not forbidden from wearing shirts indicating a political position unless all shirts with words on them are also prohibited. Thus, by what authority can a teacher say what students may have on their bedroom walls or designated study space? All of the above activities are not only legal, but are constitutionally protected. Leftists still cheer the 1969 Supreme Court decision of Tinker v. Des Moines. In this famous case, Mary Beth Tinker wore an armband to school to protest against the Vietnam War. She refused to remove it, and the school suspended her. The high court reversed the school's decision with ringing words that students do not, quote, shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate, unquote. Anthony Ribeiro did not only not bring his Trump sign to school, he did not even pass through the schoolhouse gate. All he did was turn on his computer according to the school's directions. The two gun cases are just as shaky. Kamari Harrison's gun was a BB gun that belonged to his brother who shared the bedroom. Cole Mayer's weapon was a pellet gun. Not only did the police decide not to arrest Cole, but they also had a friendly conversation with him about hunting birds. The school took action when the police said that Cole had broken no law. If other students were upset at the sight of the guns, the rational response would be that, quote, they have the right to have those weapons in their homes. Now let's get back to the lesson, unquote. According to Education Next, all three cases await a final decision in court. In a saner era, the findings would be easy to predict. Judges would not even waste their court's time on cases of such overarching absurdity. However, as the national dialogue spins ever more dangerously out of control, anything can happen. This concludes The Radicals' Education Plan, Racism, Paganism, and Home Invasion. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you subscribe to us and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So, by rating us, you can also help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book, which spells out our motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvat's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, 
or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.